Hey, welcome to Vaguely Relevant. I'm Adam Thompson. I'm Terezi Itoka, and these are stories that may or may not relate to you. So I should probably say that uh, Parker is no longer part of the podcast team. We're still close friends. Uh, We just couldn't really schedule doing this together anymore. But now we have the great Terezi Itoka. Woohoo! We got T-Dog in the house. <laughs> T-Dog in the house. And today we're talking about frustration. That is the theme. So let's jump into some frustration stories. Hmm. Terezi, your word is ectopia. Um, it means abnormal position of a part um, of an organ, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, your word for me is legerdemain. Okay. And it means the skillful use of one's hands when performing conjuring tricks, or it can mean deception or trickery. So. Okay, sweet. I like it. All right, I'm going to just jump into my story. So, I was super excited all summer. And, but nervous at the same time, I had decided to go to Montana State University, as you know, with JC, and to give some background on that, because I don't know if I've ever talked about this, JC and I met in Corvallis, Oregon. My dad got a job, um, and so we moved to Corvallis, Oregon, and then we moved around a little bit, and then I met JC, and then we couldn't sell our house, so I moved back to Boise, um, into my old house and JC and I like that. That's like when like Skype was invented. So it was like perfect timing. And like JC and I like were pretty much like the first users of Skype and we would, we'd use it like once a month. Um, but we'd set up little like Skype dates. Anyway, long story short, we stayed in contact and we toured a lot of colleges together and we were trying to find like the right college for both of us. And there were a lot of different constraints for each of us that had to be found in one school. And so that was kind of difficult, but we eventually settled on MSU. So the only problem that I really had with MSU was that it cost like $17,000 a semester, which is a ton of money. (laughs) So I'm stressed out and my parents and I were talking and like, well, maybe I could like become an RA. And that would mean that like housing would be free. And housing was about one third or maybe a little over one third of of the total cost of MSU. So it was a big chunk of the pie. And I knew that if I became an RA and got free housing, then that would make going to MSU like a lot more possible. And like also, I just kind of liked the idea of like becoming an RA because you're kind of like a mentor who like talks to people about their problems. And like, so I kind of figured like, oh, if I'm like talking about my talking to people about their problems, it's gonna be like counseling and like, I want to be a counselor. So finally, it's the day of moving into Montana State University. And I am so excited. And JC and I got there on the same day, but I got there a little bit uh, earlier than he did. And so, man, it was such an exciting moment. We drive up to the side of the school and we park and we have like 30 minutes to get all of our, all of my stuff out of my van and into like a dorm room that I didn't even know where it was. And we only had 30 minutes, of course, because like 
everyone has to like do this and so they can only give you a parking spot for like 30 minutes anyway so this ra is like helping me like move my stuff into my dorm and i like pretty much like one of the first questions i i asked him was like hey man like how do i become an ra and he says like well you gotta run for um you gotta run for hall council because hall council it's like it's kind of like you know um high school council and that like it's pretty much the same thing, but it's for, like, each dorm building. And Hall Council would give me, like, a, um, a foot ahead of other com- um, other people who want to become an RA next year. And so I'm like, okay, great. Um, and so, anyway, he helps me move in. And then I get to know my RA on the floor. And his name was John. And he, he was kind of telling me that, like, yeah, I could run for Hall Council, and I should, if I wanted to become the next RA. But there was this other thing where I could be his, like, right-hand man, which would also help my RA application. And basically, I'd just be, like, the RA helper. And I'm like, that sounds great. He told me and, like, the rest of the floor about that. And then um, one night, uh, I was, like, pretty tired. I, like, had a whole bunch of classes or something. And I decided, like, oh, man, I should, like, really talk to John about becoming his, like, right-hand man. Because I know that, like, no one's talked to him about it yet. And if I, like, talk to him, like, I'm sure he'll just give it to me. Um, and that'll be a really good status for, like, helping my application for becoming an RA. And so then I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, super tired. And so I'm like, whatever, I'll just, like, talk to him in the morning. And the next morning I go and talk to him. And John's like... Dude, I would have given it to you, but someone came to me last night and asked to be my right-hand man, and I had to give it to him. So I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that was, like, that was that would have been a really good foot in the door for becoming an RA next year. So I'm kind of frustrated, but I'm like, whatever. Um, and then John and I hang out all the time and I'm like, Hey man, like I got to become like hall council member so that I have (coughs) another foot in the door for becoming the RA. Um, and so he's like, yeah, that sounds good. He like kind of shows me how to like sign up. He like reviews my application. He's super helpful. And then he's like, yeah, dude, you should just like campaign a little bit, you know, like tell people that you're running and like put up posters about like your your campaign and i'm like okay that's a good idea so i wanted to go like super surreal and i I put up these posters and it would just be like it would be like one word and then at the bottom it would say like vote for adam thompson for um i think i chose member at large to run for um and i mostly chose that one because like it kind of honestly it kind of seemed easy and also like member at large is like the funniest name ever um yeah (laughs) and so I put up these posters, and yeah, so it would just be, like, me, like, high-fiving someone, and then it would say, like, offices. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I posted... They were pretty the- surreal. What? They were pretty surreal. Yeah, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I figured, like, if I'm going to campaign, I'm going to do it the Adam way. So then I was, like, waiting for the election to start, and, like, or, you know, this is, like, several days before the election... And I was, like, walking upstairs to my dorm, and I see that, like, someone, I, I put a, uh, I put a poster in the stairwell, and, like, someone, like, tore it down. They were, like, vandalizing my posters. How oh, dare they? Yeah, but I was, like, kind of honored, honestly, because I was, like, wow, someone <laughs> was so affected by my surreal poster that they tore it down! 
<laughs> and I like probably should have been pissed off, but like someone read my poster and hated it so much that they had to destroy it. I was like, this is so cool. Anyway, it was at that point that I was like, yeah, like people are probably seeing these because I posted like 30 posters um, everywhere around my my uh, dorm hall. Then I'm like telling everyone that I knew in South Hedges to like vote for me. Like, hey, man, like if you want a cool member at large, vote for Adam Thompson. I don't know what I'm going to do, but vote for Adam Thompson. And then the day of the election, um, I go to the voting center and I watch like JC vote for me. And he told me that there was like a lot of positions open for member at large. Like I thought that it was only like one member at large, but apparently it was like four or five. And so I'm like, man, I have this in the bag. Like I campaigned and I told people to go to vote for me. And like, even if only a few people vote for me, like there's five positions open. So I'm like bound to get it. Right. And sure. I was a little like let down from like the whole John incident of like, of like not becoming his art, his right hand man. But I was like, like, this is in the bag. I'm so easily going to become the member at large. Adam anxiously awaited for the results of the election. After three days of waiting, his residence director finally called him. And he tells me, Adam, unfortunately, you did not get the position. And I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> no one else, no one else freaking, um, no one else like campaigned. I, I didn't see any other, like I saw posters for like, I saw like presidential ones, I saw treasurer ones, but like I didn't see anyone running or campaigning for, um, for member at large. So at this point, I kind of had an aha moment. I was like, shoot, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the member at large, and I'm not John's right-hand man. So I was kind of freaking out because I was starting to realize that I wouldn't have enough um, previous experience through the school to put on my application to become an RA for next year. And I'm starting to realize, like, shoot, well, like, if I, if I can't become an RA next year, um, then I can't go to MSU anymore because it's going to cost me so much then like it's just like a thursday afternoon or something i'm like trying to get work done and then all of a sudden like john knocks on our door and he's like hey i gotta like check your smoke detector i'm like what the hell like why <laughs> <laughs> so um i guess he was like checking everyone's smoke detectors he checks my smoke detector and then he's like how's how are things going and i'm like yeah like things are pretty well and then he starts telling me about this like other position called the mid-year RA position. And I was like, dude, like I didn't know about this. And he's like, yeah, you can become a RA halfway through the year. So like next semester. And I'm like, well, this is so great because if I like, if I applied for that, I would save even more money. I would save a semester worth of housing. Um, and he also said that like no one applies for it. And, if you became a mid-year RA, then your chances of becoming uh, mid or a full-year RA next year are like really, really high because they already know like if you're a good RA or not. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, well this is sick, and so I like work with him over several weeks to like get the perfect application. Okay, and like we review it like a million times, and it's like this fire application, and I send it in early. And after sending in my application, I just waited. Days go by, and I'm kind of like, all right, well, I, I haven't heard anything from anyone yet, so that's kind of weird. 
I wait like another week and I say, John, buddy, no one's contacted me yet and I'm getting nervous. And, mm-hmm. and then he says like, yeah, like everyone that I've talked to has been interviewed except for you. And I'm uh... like, what the heck? And again, like, it's hard to explain, like, the magnitude of this, but this was more than just a position for me. It was, like, whether or not I would stay at Montana State, because it would save me, like, enough money that it would be feasible for me. And this was, like, my plan to start out with, you know? And so he's like, yeah, man, you should, like, you should contact them, show initiative. Hey, that's pretty cool. They're gonna like that. And then they will probably set up an appointment with you to, like, interview you. And so... I send, I shoot them an email and I say, hey, yo, like, basically, I think I deserve an interview. When would work best for you guys? <laughs> and, um, and then they just sent me back this email that said, like, unfortunately, we've already chosen our mid-year RAs. <sighs> and I was like, what? How did you already choose your mid-year RAs? Because you're supposed to interview everyone before you choose. And I never got an interview. So, you know, this was all, like, incredibly frustrating. A, like, not getting to be John's right-hand man. B, um, not winning member at large, even though I worked harder to campaign for it um, than anyone else. And then C, not getting this this mid-year RA position. And so this was all super frustrating. And it was kind of at this point that I was like, shoot, like I might have to look at other schools because like, I thought like this was my, I thought this was my school, but I don't think I can afford this if I'm not going to become an RA. And so then I started looking at schools and the thing about frustration is that it always leads me to a better place. And MSU was really awesome, but I'm really having a great time. I, I ended up switching, you know, to BSU I think it again like kind of goes back to that that mindset thing of like sure this is really freaking awful in the moment and I've I feel like I've done everything possible to like push myself to be where I want to be and I'm still not there but maybe like the universe just is pushing you somewhere else because that's where you're really supposed to be so that's my story and you know in the end I think it worked out for the better um, so I guess I have to use my word in my story. So yeah, of course that means, um, skillful use of one's hands when performing conjuring tricks. God, that's hard. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to have to think about how I can include this into my story. Ooh, I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is really a trick, but when the guy like tore down your poster. Yeah, like the, uh, the, the <laughs> freaking vandal who hated my poster so much, he had to make it disappear was using ledger domain yeah I, i'll take it yeah that okay works. cool thank you <laughs> all right t-dog what do you got for us in terms of a story this week Ooh, frustration mm-hmm. I, don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of things that i'm frustrated about but when i think about like all of those together the most like the big reason for my frustration is just where i'm at for college and mm. Moving across the country and it not being what I really thought it was going to be at all, actually. I right. Was, yeah. I was honestly really surprised. Terezi's story of frustration is about a lot of problems that she's had to deal with in the last several months. One of the most prominent being about her ears. Mm-hmm. How old were you when when you started having this problem? Um, I remember being like five in like kindergarten and then having to go to like an appointment 
like I, I like vividly remember where like the appointment place was, but then I just remember like the ear infection and stuff. And ever since then, I like, just grew up always having one ear infection after the other, and then I was always sick, and mm. I was always a kid that my mom would like bundle up in a bunch of coats and stuff because like we thought like you know if like I wasn't cold, I wouldn't get sick and stuff. Right, right. It's just like my immune gets weaker when it's cold and stuff. Yeah. Do you know if it was like? If it was actually that you were getting sick so much that caused the ear infections, or were the ear infections caused by something else? I mean, to this day, there's still not a pinpointing factor in, like, what's the cause of ear infections for me. Hmm. Is it possible it's that milk thing? Right? Oh, yeah. One thing that I learned from Adam was that dairy can cause ear infections, and I did not know this. Yeah, so, so okay. <laughs> to set this up, Terezi and I went to... Um, what was it dairy queen or wendy's wendy's yeah so we so we go to a wendy's and Terezi's telling me about how she used to get like a ton of ear infections and she still kind of does and then i was like well i know that my sister like had ear infections all the time because of dairy i'm like wow we're having ice cream (laughs) and then um Terezi's like oh wait like dairy can can like give you ear infections i'm like that's not your fault for not knowing because like your doctor never told you right like never even once mentioned it like i remember i was just mind blown when you said that but did any of you guys know this and no one just tell me none no one in my family knew really yeah and i like, looked it up on google and i told everyone like research this like figure it. like really like look at it. like look at the connection between it and we're like yeah there is a connection and i was i was really surprised Okay, so to back up a little bit, you had ear infections a lot as a kid, and then what did that ultimately cause? Um, When you do have ear infections a lot, like one of the solutions is to get uh, tympanostomy tubes at the surgery. Definitely my parents were like a little hesitant on it, but we agreed to the first one, and um, the tubes, like they're placed like in your ears, and they stay in your ears to like stop um, fluid, like the different fluid that's like causing the ear infections in my ears. Okay. And, um, they stay in for like two years and they come, they fall out like all on their own. But yeah, I really didn't check up on hearing. So at age 10, Terezi had her first surgery. And like the doctor promised, the problem was fixed. So I didn't have ear infections, which was the goal of the tubes. Like the, it was like one to two year period. I didn't have ear infections. So they were effective in that sense. But then I started to get ear infections again after like the two-year period like after after they had fallen out so they're like oh let's do it again so that was already a hard year because like i went to a different school from all my friends and then Mm. i had a surgery and i was just like oh yay yeah yeah then i had that surgery and yeah the ear infections stopped again for like the two years that they were in and then after that they this time when they fell out they left holes and your eardrum is where you like that's in your middle ear and that's how you hear and so, like, when there's a hole in it, that, like, the sound can't, like, bounce back and stuff. And so that's kind of leading to me having bad hearing. And before I'd had the surgeries, I had never struggled with not being able to hear well. Like, I, I, I vaguely remember that. Like, I didn't, I, there was never a point in my life where I was, like, struggling to hear hmm. until it was after the surgeries when it started becoming an, an issue. And then, like, the time that they had fallen out, I was now in 10th grade. So this was also a new year, but me starting at a new school. Every single time I've had a surgery, I've always oh. been like starting a new school. So it's always been like another, you know, another difficult. This time, um, 
and the, the surgery was to be to like repair the holes in the eardrum, so it was more um, like it was a more critical surgery and would take longer than the other ones, and it was like the more risks to it. It's called a tympanoplasty surgery, and um, he was my surgeons would go in and like repair the holes in the eardrum. Well, actually, just on one side because you can't do both for this surgery. You can't do both ears at the same time. Just Why? Because of how long it takes to recover and like the different uh, pain. Okay. And, yeah, and you need one side to lay down on. Uh, and so you can see both done at the same time. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after that surgery, like, it wasn't effective. Like, I still had hearing loss, and it felt like it was more hearing loss okay. than before the surgery. And so, like, my parents and I, like, we both agreed. I mean, like, if something doesn't work or, like, it doesn't, you know, improve like it was supposed to, why would we do it to the other ear? Right. Like, why would we you know, agree to another surgical procedure. And so, like, we didn't. And so my left ear is better than my right ear, but my left ear has had less surgeries than the right. Yeah, so the surgery actually made it worse. That's what I think. Um, my left ear is better. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, tubes fell out of both ears, right? Yeah, tubes fell out of both ears. And tubes burrowed through both ears, right? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. they like can leave like a small scar in the eardrum, but for me, it just like left a, you know, left the holes, which was okay. Like, a bigger issue needed to be. Okay. But yeah, I guess it like led to lots of frustration and like you know, taking time to do surgical procedures and like talking it over and um, like hesitantly going forward with them, but knowing that you know they're supposed to heal and like make things better and like make me hearing, you know, less of a struggle, but. They yeah. don't, and it's, like, something out of my control that I can't really right. control. It's definitely made, like, academics difficult, um, conversation difficult. And it's, like, the smallest things that you don't think of when, like, you just have normal hearing. It's, like, you don't miss out on things, but then when you do have that as an issue, it's, like, there's a lot of things, like, in class, like, um, like some teachers, like, they tell their students, okay, like, discuss this between each other and then, like, share it out. And if everyone's discussing between each other and you can't hear what's being discussed and then the teacher calls on you to share out what was discussed but you didn't hear it, it's like, Well crap, I don't I don't I don't know what to tell them. Like, right. I don't really know what to do. Right, right. And it's, you can't like work in an environment like that the whole academic year or you're gonna start, you know, doing poorly. Yeah. But it's not even your fault. But yeah, I've used like different amplifying devices, um, like a smart pen device to like record what I'm writing down, like what's going to in the classroom. But Which doesn't help during the discussion. Yeah, and it doesn't help with like me being able to participate because it's like I can't hear what everyone else is saying anyway. Right. So tell me about this year because um, so your parents are thinking like, well, if it didn't like help, if it didn't help one ear, then I shouldn't, then we shouldn't do it to the other ear. Um, but this year you had like a similar surgery, right? Where they tried to repair the, the ear, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I moved out of Idaho and like I'm in a different state and like I went to see like a different um like ear nose and throat doctor to like talk about getting hearing aids and um moving forward with the next step we did like hearing tests and um after the hearing test I remember she was like oh if there's like a five to ten percent decrease in like hearing loss from the last hearing test that you did well we should look at that on every single like level I had like a 12 to 15 percent decrease wow. which is which is more than she even said, which was, and so she was like, well, um, I don't think hearing aids are going to be, like, your best option right now. Like, um, I wanted to, like, look, listen to a different, um, like, get a different opinion from a different um, doctor, different surgeon, so we did that, and he said the same thing, too, he's like, um, I mean, you shouldn't go forward with hearing aids if the hearing loss can be due to, like, something else that's, like, 
greater and like um he looked at like my eardrums and stuff and like, the bones in my ears could be like affecting something else too hmm. and so um they didn't want to just you know give hearing aids without knowing that like my situation could get worse are you kind of telling me that it was like kind of like a ticking time bomb and that like your bones and ears were going to like continue to grow and like possibly make it worse if you didn't get the procedure yeah so that was, yeah that was the main thing it's okay. like they and it was like they wouldn't know if um you know the bones could really like end up um growing inside their eardrum and like causing more of a causing more damage and an issue until they went and like did a procedure they had to go in no matter what and i had to agree to it even though i still didn't want to things are okay we had to you know go ahead and do it and um i mean that the procedure like went pretty well and, like my ears are healing but I'm still in the same boat where the hearing doesn't seem like it's improved, you know. It's been we've been checking up on it like since that surgery, but um, um, I have an appointment coming up soon, you know, to like check and see if like the hearing is improving. Doesn't feel like it, so. Yeah. So, like, tell me about like what it it was like in terms of like trying to make classes work. Um, that led to a lot of frustration because you know I came in the semester like optimistic and you know wanted a fresh start and stuff and. Um, I sat in on one of my French classes because I've been taking French for five, uh, six years now, and you know it's something I want to plan on minoring in. But um, I remember getting into that class, and he like starts speaking all in French, which normally isn't an issue because I mean I'm, I'm like used to that, and like I like speaking French too. But I couldn't hear him very well, and he just like spoke like he just he, he like spoke really fast and just like kept going on a tangent. Hmm. And then it's like I didn't hear what you said early on. So I don't know what you're talking about, like, right now. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, like, figure out what you're, you know, what you're asking us. I'm like, what he's talking about now. And then he's, uh, the professor told us, you know, like, discuss, like, asked a question, told us to discuss with our peers. And I think we were in a group of, like, five people. I couldn't hear a single one of them. And I was, crap. Like, first of all, like, normally you can't hear someone that's, like, you know, your first language or, like, a language that you've known to, like, strain your ears to hear it or, like, you can figure out bits and pieces. Right. But when it's, like, a language, it's, like, you're trying to, like, strain your ears to hear it, but it's also, like, your brain doesn't think in that language for you. It's, like, it's, like, picking things up, but it's not picking things up as fast as it, you need it to. And you probably can't yeah. read lips in, in French, or or maybe you can, but, like, not to the same extent as English. Yeah, it's definitely harder because I mean mouths move differently depending on the language. Right. Like, you can you can tell, but yeah. So that was that was really And what was it like having to like explain to your the peers in your group to be like, yeah, like I can't I can't hear you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just kind of explained them like to like speak a little louder and like uh, what's the phrase that I always say? Um, parler plus fort, like uh, speak like that means like can you speak like stronger, speak louder. Okay. Um, which is, yeah, and um, I mean, some people like do, but then a lot of people forget too, or they just like go back to the voice where like I can't hear them, and it's like I feel bad because I don't want like if someone's like soft spoken, like I don't want to like you know force them to speak louder, just you know for my sake. But yeah. it's like for me also learn and to do well academically, I need to be able to hear you guys because like they'll call on like the professor would call on us and then be like, okay, like share out what you guys said, and like called on me, and I'm like I really don't know, and it was. It was a tough situation for me. I mean, like, I kind of figured out, like, what was being talked about, but then he, like, asked another question that I, I honestly didn't know the answer, and I've never really felt that way in a class before, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, switched, I switched out of that class and, like, looked around for different classes to join and, like, had to, like, you know, research what was still open, because this is, like, after semester started, so there's not a lot open. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ultimately had to make the decision to um, postpone doing French in a classroom setting for the time being, and I'm just going to take it online and, you know, do it one-on-one 
so it doesn't, you know, jeopardize my like whole future of the language. Yeah, it's definitely something that was frustrating, but I'm learning to, you know, use what other resources I can to kind of navigate. I'm, I've gone to the point, like, I used to be mildly hearing impaired, and now I'm moderately hearing impaired. Mm. So it's just continues to decrease, which is, and it's, it's hard to know what rate it's decreasing at, which makes it hard to, you know, decide what to do to, you know, fix the situation at yeah, that part. Man, dude, that's got to be so hard. <laughs> I can't even believe how much you've gone through. Shoot. Um, I had an idea of how to use the word. Was it ecopia? Ectopia. Yeah. Um, I was going to use the word ectopia in the sense that um, it means like a displacement of an organ or a part and like the displacement of the bones in my ear. Nice. Is that the end of the story? I mean, the story does not end because I'm still dealing with, you know, the issues of being impaired and, you know, um, I have an appointment on Tuesday to, you know, like have my hearing test and figure out, see where, see where things are at and then see how to move forward with that and... It doesn't end because the medical bills have started coming in. Dang, dude. With um, surgery, you have to pay, you know, the anesthesia place. You have to pay the surgeon. And then you have to pay um, for, like, the, the uh, surgical procedure. So it's like you're doing, like, 300 bills and then just trying to figure that out. As a broke college student, and you know, something I didn't really expect, so. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's a lot to have to deal with. What would you say the moral is? I, there's not really, like, one moral of the story. Um, wait, what's the moral of the story? Uh, I mean, I guess all I can say for a moral is just hang in there. You know, I'm still navigating through, you know, all the difficulties of it and still trying to figure out, you know, what's the next step? What's the next step financially, but then also, you know, health-wise. And- yeah, I love hanging there. That's a really great mantra and moral to be remembering. Um if anyone's having a hard week this week. And that concludes our 30-minute stories in three, two, one.